You're hanging out After Hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. Welcome into the Late Night Gamecock Show. I am your host, Matt Anderson, and I am your source for all things Gamecocks After Dark. Uh, full disclosure here, I'm actually recording this show on Friday this week. Um, had a had a gala last night that I had to attend from 6 p.m. until around 10 o'clock for Florence Darlington Tech in um, Florence, South Carolina. Um, for those of you that are unaware of Florence Darlington Tech, they celebrated their 60th anniversary yesterday. Had an inauguration for the president. Um, really, really cool event and I'm really proud of all the good works that Florence Darlington Tech is doing in the PD region of South Carolina. So, unable to record last night. Um, I am recording today on Friday. Uh, Gamecocks have a big football game tomorrow night against Kentucky at 7.30 p.m. in Williams-Brice Stadium. Uh, I haven't looked at the line lately, but I'll look at the line here in a bit when we you know, talk about the game. Um, outside of that, uh, the Gamecock men's basketball team will, will be playing tonight in Phoenix, Arizona against Duquesne. Um, it's, a, it's a good tournament for South Carolina to be in. Um, the tournament field is South Carolina, Duquesne, San Francisco, and Grand Canyon. Um, you know, real quick on that game, the Gamecocks are favored to win that game tonight against Duquesne. And um, Ken Palm has it as Gamecocks winning by a score of 72-65. to 65. Uh, DePaul is kind of, um, sorry, I said Duquesne the entire time. It's actually DePaul. The Gamecocks are playing DePaul. Um, really quick looking at DePaul. Uh, the DePaul Blue Demons are 1-2 on the season. Uh, they lost to Fort uh, Purdue Fort Wayne, um, a team they probably should have beaten, and they lost to Long Beach State, another team that's probably kind of in their wheelhouse, and they did get a 12-point win over South Dakota. So um, Gamecocks should be able to handle DePaul tonight. Um, should they win the game tonight at 11.30 p.m.? So you're going to have to stay up pretty late to watch this one. Uh, should the Gamecocks beat DePaul, they will play the winner of San Francisco Grand Canyon. Um, both of those teams are probably a little bit better than, than DePaul. I would actually say they're a lot better than DePaul. So the Gamecocks open up with probably the best matchup for them um, to open this tournament. And then the, the second game will obviously be a little bit tougher for the Gamecocks should they advance. But... We will talk about all of that on Monday night show. We'll recap the weekend. I do like where the Gamecocks are right now in their non-conference schedule. Um, Gamecocks are obviously three and zero. They're playing a pretty good, um, playing pretty well right now. Obviously, the win over Virginia Tech is the headliner of the season so far. But um, we're able to handle VMI on Monday night, and we talked about that game on Monday night's show. Um, Kind of a game that the, the, the Gamecocks probably slept walk through a little bit. Um, had opportunities to blow that game open, but were, were not able to do so. And it's good to get those bad shooting nights out of your system against a team like VMI where you can afford a bad shooting night and still get the win. So excited for the Gamecocks men's basketball team. This tournament this weekend should be a lot of fun. After the tournament, they'll follow that game up on Tuesday, November 28th against Notre Dame. And that game is in Colonial Life Arena, so I hope that if you're taking some Thanksgiving time off or and you're in the Columbia area, you get a chance to go watch the Gamecocks play against a, a name-brand basketball team in Notre Dame who might not be having their best season or projected to be having their best season, but um, still a, a really fun whenever you get a team like Notre Dame to come to your house, so excited for that one. Uh, big news in basketball recruiting. Um, both the ladies and the men's added... Um, 
difference makers um, to their future recruiting classes. We'll start with the ladies. The ladies um, added Joyce Edwards, the number two player in the country, out of Camden, South Carolina, to her, to their class. It was a battle between LSU and to a lesser lesser degree Clemson, but um, Joyce Edwards felt like she had the best relationship at South Carolina, the best um, relationship with the coaches at South Carolina, and South Carolina will allow her to chase both of her WNBA dreams and um, professional dreams, but also um, professional and something maybe other than basketball down the road. Um, Joyce is a is a really bright kid who wants to major in engineering, and she'll have the opportunity to to pursue both of her dreams at South Carolina. Uh, the next guy we have to talk about, and this is on the men's side, um, four star point guard, six foot one, one hundred ninety pounds, Eli Ellis, um, ranked in the top one hundred in the country, pretty much on every single recruiting. Um, recruiting rankings, whatever website you visit. Uh, Eli Ellis is a is a big-time scorer, um, can really shoot the ball, creative with the ball, has a great handle, can can see open teammates. He has a lot of personality. He is a, he's a guy that I think that Gamecock fans will love and opposing teams will hate. Uh, he's a confident kid. He doesn't um, take anything from anybody. Um, he expects to go deliver and win every time he steps on the court and um, just a real fun personality. And if he wasn't going to South Carolina, you know, I think that he'd be kind of a Marshall Henderson, Grayson Allen type player that a lot of players, a lot of fans around the country would, would not like, but we're happy he's on our side. Um, You know, one of the things we, we have to talk about when we, we talk about Eli Ellis is he has a tremendous social media presence. He has over 750,000 TikTok followers he has over 350,000 Instagram followers. He is a charismatic kid that draws others to him. And um, just a fantastic basketball player, too. So he's a kid I'm really excited about. Uh, I think he's a guy that once he gets into college um, weightlifting and conditioning and strength program, he's really going to blossom. He has all the skills necessary right now. You know, maybe you see him grow a couple inches and gets up to that 6'2", 6'3", range. He's still got um, a lot of time to grow. He's still a young kid. But um, happy to have him in the fold. And, and don't look now, but currently South Carolina has the number one basketball recruiting class in the country for the class of 2025. And they're not done yet. So um, Eli Ellis said that there are going to be more people coming with them. There's going to be more guys that join the fold. So be on the lookout for that. Um, it would be the third recruiting class for Lamont Paris, essentially at South Carolina. Um, didn't really recruit a lot of the guys in his first year, but he did get um, Gigi Jackson and then last year brought in some really quality freshmen as well and Lamont is going to build on that in the 2025 class so be on the lookout there um, good things are happening in men's basketball uh, real quick we'll talk about this upcoming um, football game South Carolina plays um, Kentucky at home as we mentioned at 730 in Williams Bryce Stadium uh, there are going to be some notable visitors for this game, and anytime you have a night game in the SEC, it's a lot better. It's a lot easier to get recruits to come in for a visit. Uh, we'll start with um, probably the headliner, four-star or four-star defensive end who is committed to um, Southern Cal, uh, Cameron Fountain. Uh, I think it's just a matter of time before Cameron Fountain ends up a part of the Gamecocks recruiting class. Really, only down to South Carolina and Southern Cal from what he's said behind the scenes. Um, very, very likely flip candidate there to get Cameron Fountain to the Garnet and Black. I believe he'll be on an unofficial visit this weekend, and then he will return next week on an official visit for the South Carolina Clemson game. Three-star safety out of Marion, South Carolina, Quashid Scott um, will be on will be on campus. He is committed to Kentucky, but he has been to a bunch of Gamecock football games, and 
Um, Gamecocks are recruiting him as a cornerback, and he's still open to South Carolina. Um, this could be, you know, that flip that we've been looking for when he watches the Gamecocks versus Kentucky up front and close. Um, another kid to keep an eye on is a three-star athlete named Cam Dooley. Um, he's from Alabama. Um, he was committed to Missouri. I don't know if he is still committed to Missouri. I need to check that out. Let me pull that up really quick. Yeah, he, he was committed to Missouri. Um, he is now uncommitted. Um, has a lot of interest from Kentucky as well. So we'll see how much the Gamecocks push there. Uh, Jordan Washington's a three-star running back from Alabama. Um, has a bunch of offers to his name, uh, but no, not one from South Carolina yet. This will be um, his first time visiting since he came in for Shane Beamer's football camp back in June. Uh, some other notable names are Michael Smith and Jalewis Solomon. Those are both commitments to the Gamecocks right now. Michael Smith has somewhat been flirting with um, Tennessee and Auburn. Um, but it looks like maybe the Gamecocks are going to have an opportunity to to kind of quell that right now. Um, he's a big he's a big piece for South Carolina. I believe he was the first commitment in the class. Uh, four-star tight end. Uh, goodness knows, Lord knows, we all need Michael Smith to stay in this class. And as of right now, it looks like he'll also be on campus for the Clemson game. And hopefully the Gamecocks can shut down all of these outside suitors um, this upcoming weekend. Um, with Michael Smith, get him back on campus for the Clemson game and then roll on into early signing day and, and see what happens in December. Uh, it's notable that Jalewis Solomon will be on campus as well. Jalewis Solomon, um, I've always told you he's the kind of kid that until the ink's dry on the letter of intent, you know, just be thankful he's a commitment. Um, I think that he will stick with South Carolina. Um, the big note here is um, not only is Jalewis Solomon such a big get and a, a guy that the Gamecock coaches feel will be in the NFL after three years of college. But his younger brother, Zayden Walker, is a 2025 linebacker. Um, he's ranked the number one linebacker in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. Um, some uh, some official visitors, or confirmed visitors, these are not official, um, just unofficial visitors from commitments. Uh, Mazio Bennett, David Busey, Matthew Fuller, Kelvin Hunter, Cam Pringle, Jaden Sellers, and Josiah Thompson um, will all be at the game. Um, I, I believe Dylan Stewart will be in as well, but that, that's not final yet. He's attended every game this season at Williams-Brice, and I don't have any reason to think he will not be in attendance against Kentucky. Um, let's look here. Um, got a lot of uh, got a lot of um, underclassmen that are going to be there. One, two, three, four, five, 2025 kids, a couple of 2023 kids. Um, a lot of names you're familiar with. A.J. Brand, Harry Dalton, Jalen Gilchrist, Demarcus Leach, Isaac Sowells, um, and then 2026, Pierre Dean, Jalen McGill, and Akini Ogabako. So always good to get these um, these kids on campus, especially as underclassmen, to, to get those relationships um, really, really piping hot there. So that's all for the, the kind of news update from today. Um, I do want to take you around the SEC on the men's basketball side, and, and we won't spend a ton of time here. Um, Alabama currently sits as the number one team in the country, according to, or number one team in the SEC, according to Ken Palm. Um, following them up is number eight, Tennessee, number 13, Texas A&M, number 14, Kentucky, number 15, Arkansas, number 16, Auburn, tw number 23, Mississippi State, 41, Florida, 62nd, Missouri, 63rd, South Carolina, 68th, LSU, 71st Georgia, 118th 
Vanderbilt, and then 119th, Mississippi. Uh, currently, the SEC ranks, according to Ken Palm, as the second-best conference in the country. Um, no surprise there. Um, obviously, the Big Ten, Southeastern Conference, Big 12, and ACC are usually some of the, some of the top conferences in the country, but it's good to see um, the SEC getting its due right now. Um, looking around at um, other, other teams in the conference, um, Alabama, who I said is ranked number fifth, fifth in the country right now, number one in the SEC, according to Ken Palm. Um, they've just completely dismantled teams. They've scored over 100 points in every single game. Um, their biggest test was probably against Indiana State, who Ken Palm has in the top 100 team in the country, and they defeated Indiana State by a score of 102 to 80. Uh, Tennessee, eighth ranked in the country. Uh, they had a big win against Wisconsin last Friday. Uh, defeated Wisconsin 80 to 70. Um, they are 34th in the country. Um, so good win for Tennessee. They're picking up right where they left off. They did defeat Wofford by 21 points. And um, on Monday, they will play Syracuse. Probably not the Syracuse of old, but um, Wednesday, November 29th, they have a big matchup against North Carolina. Um, Tennessee's projected to win that game by one point right now. So it'd be really good for the SEC and, and keeping those quad numbers up for Tennessee to continue handling business, especially against a team like North Carolina next week. Uh, Texas A&M as well is um, 3-0 on the season. They probably have one of the best schedules so far. They defeated Ohio State by seven um, last Friday, and then they defeated SMU, who's a top 100 team, by 13 points. So A&M's looking strong. Kentucky, uh, Kentucky has played two, you know, New Mexico State and Texas A&M Commerce. Um, defeated both those teams soundly. They did lose, though, to Kansas in the Champions Classic by a score of 89-84. to uh, I was really impressed with Kentucky and the way they played in that game. I think that um, Kentucky is going to be a pretty good team this year. And looking through that game, you know, Kansas, uh, what can you say about you know def- defending national champs? I think that they won it all last year. Let me double-check that. I need to double-check my math there. Uh, let's see. Did they win it all last year? No, they didn't. They actually lost to Arkansas. So my bad there. But um, Kansas is the preseason number one team in the country, number three on Ken Palm. Uh, the the freshmen for Kentucky probably had days they, they wish they could forget outside of um, Antonio Reeves. Um, and actually, uh, the freshman Justin Edwards, he had one point. DJ Wagner had four points. Uh, Reed Shepard had 13, and Rod Dillingham had 18. So um, when Kentucky gets Justin Edwards and DJ Wagner going with the other um, freshman they have in the upperclassmen Antonio Reeves and Trey Mitchell. I think Kentucky is going to be a, a problem um, in college basketball over the course of the season. Uh, Arkansas is 3-0 in the season. They played really nobody. Um, they did beat Old Dominion by nine, the closest game of the season for them. Uh, Auburn, outside of their loss to Baylor, has done really well. They've um, they just beat Notre Dame, actually, by um, 24 points. So kind of a, a preview there. I said that Auburn and South Carolina had some similar teams on their non-conference schedule, and it'll be interesting to watch how Auburn compares to South Carolina and vice versa as the non-conference continues. Uh, Mississippi State is 3-0. and They have really played nobody, so good congratulations on being 3-0 and Mississippi State. Uh, Florida did lose by three points to Virginia. Um, other, than, other than that, they've taken care of business, um, winning both their, their other games by over 20 points. Uh, the Virginia game, they lost by three. Uh, Virginia's ranked 17th in the country, so um, we don't really know what Florida is yet, but we know that they were able to compete with Virginia just a few days ago. Uh, Missouri lost to Memphis by 15 points last Friday. 
Um, they did beat Minnesota by 12, but they are three and one on the season. Uh, nothing really looming for them when I look at the schedule. Obviously, South Carolina, big game against DePaul tonight. Um, you're going to have to stay up late. That game tips at 11.30 p.m. Um, LSU, uh, Matt McMahon, you might remember that name during the Gamecocks' last coaching search, uh, but Matt McMahon is struggling at LSU. Uh, they were able to beat Mississippi Valley State by 46, then promptly lost by two points to Nickel State, and then lost to a decent, decent Dayton team, 64th in the country by three points. So, I'll uh, be interested to see what happens the rest of the way. They really don't face anybody with a pulse until they get into December. So LSU has time to right the ship, but um, starting slow, starting slow. Uh, Georgia did defeat Wake Forest last week. They lost to Oregon by 11 in their opening game. Um, beat North Carolina Central only by 10 points. So Georgia's got a big one um, today against Miami. And then they also will have Florida State. Georgia's playing a tough schedule this year, so we'll learn more about Georgia in the coming weeks. Oh, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt. Um, Vanderbilt is 2-1 and one on the season. We all know they lost to Presbyterian to open the season. Outside of that, um, they did beat USC Upstate by 7 and then UNC Greensboro by 4. So Vanderbilt looking pretty pretty cellar dweller right now. And Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss is actually ranked last in the SEC and 119th overall, according to Ken Palm. Um, they are undefeated, but they only beat Detroit Mercy by one point. They beat Eastern Washington by 11 points and Alabama State by 10 points. So Mississippi is tracking as one of the worst teams in the SEC. And for my money, you know, don't like to judge people, don't know the whole situation, but um, you know, I don't want this to be easy on Chris Beard after everything he went through at Texas. So college basketball is in full swing, really enjoying it, loving watching the Gamecocks play, loving watching college basketball around the country. And, you know, it's one of those – I, I kind of live for this part of the year when there's college football, NFL, um, college basketball. I'm not the biggest NBA fan, but outside of that, just a lot of fun. Uh, so let's go over to um, South Carolina, um, especially in the SEC schedule that's coming up. Um, getting towards the end of the college football regular season. Um, it's been a, a wacky one for South Carolina, and obviously not the most fun season, but... Um, but that's where the Gamecocks are. Um, right now, the Gamecocks are 4-6 and six overall on the season. They are 2-5 and five in the conference. Uh, we all know what the Gamecocks have to do. The Gamecocks have to find a way, some way, to win their next two games against Kentucky and that team from the upstate we don't like to talk about um, to close out the regular season to get to 6-6 six and six and bowl eligible. Uh, right now, let's whip around the SEC. Uh, as it pertains to college football. I think one of the games that everyone was excited about last week was Georgia versus Ole Miss. The Ole Miss Rebels were making their way to to Athens, Georgia for a night kickoff and um, big-time atmosphere there. Uh, Georgia proved why they're Georgia and everybody else isn't Georgia. Um, that, that train just keeps on a rolling. Uh, Jackson Dart did not have a great game for Ole Miss. Um, 10 of 17 in the air, 112 yards passing, and, and one interception. Um, Jackson Dart did miss people multiple times um, during the game on deep throws. Um, really just not his best performance. Uh, Carson Beck, I'm telling you guys, just keep him in mind for the Heisman. I say it every week. 18 of 25 for 306 yards passing, two touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, Brock Vandegrift got in the game for Georgia. He completed one pass, his only attempt, for five yards. 
Ole Miss was successful running the ball. They had um, 45 carries for 179 yards, two touchdowns, and averaging four yards a carry. But wow, was Georgia successful running the football. Uh, 35 carries for 300 yards, averaged 8.6 yards per rush, and scored five rushing touchdowns. Uh, Georgia looks to be peaking at the right time. I, I've said for a while that I thought that Ole Miss was kind of um, smoking mirrors to a little to to a degree. So, um, um, you know, what else can you say about that game? Georgia handled business, and it was it was wow, it was wow. Um, Alabama faced off against Kentucky. Um, obviously, Kentucky is our opponent this week, and Alabama left no doubt in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, defeating Kentucky by a score of 49-21. to 21. Uh, The game was uh, effectively over at halftime. Alabama entered the third quarter with a 28-7 to seven lead. Um, really just kind of milked that game the rest of the way. Didn't do too much to try and you know put up a lot of points on the Wildcats. Uh, Jalen Milrow continues to do ridiculous things. Um, Maybe he's not the best passer in the world. Maybe he's not the best quarterback in the world, but the kid keeps on winning and does it efficiently. Uh, 15 of 22 for 234 yards passing in the air, three touchdowns and one interception. But he had three more touchdowns on the ground. So a six-touchdown game for Jalen Milrow. Uh, Ty Simpson did get in the game for Alabama. He went one for three with a 51-yard pass. Uh, Kentucky, Devin Leary looks like the, the Devin Leary I'm expecting when I when he comes to Williams-Brice um, tomorrow night. 17 of 31, 158 yards, throw, passing the ball with um, one touchdown and one interception. Uh, Ray Davis never really got much going for Kentucky on the ground, 12 carries for 26 yards. Uh, looking at Alabama's defensive numbers, they had three sacks and nine tackles for loss. Um and Alabama actually did not give up a sack. So I'm telling you right now, Alabama is that team that's outside the college football playoffs right now that none of those teams want to play. So I believe that the SEC championship game is actually set now. I believe it will be Alabama and Georgia. And how lucky are we to get um, a big-time matchup like that in a championship game, a conference championship? Um, as you know, around the country, it doesn't always happen like that. Um, I can especially think of the ACC when I when I make that comment. The championship game is not always really a championship. It's just more of an exhibition game for the top the top team in the conference, and they've been far ahead lately. Uh, big news here. Um, one of the most interesting games. Um, we had a big one. Um, Tennessee traveled to Missouri, and Missouri just put it on Tennessee. Um, there was a, it was actually an interesting game in the first quarter as neither team got on the scoreboard in the first quarter. Uh, at the end of the first first half, it was Missouri 13, Tennessee 7. Um, but Tennessee got blanked the rest of the game. Uh, I don't. Missouri is just a tough team, man. They are a good, good team. I did not give them a lot of credit um, to start the season. But, you know, Brady Cook did Brady Cook things, 18 of 24 for 275 yards, added 55 yards on the ground. What can you say about Cody Schrader? Um, outside of the Gamecocks and outside of um, a couple other players, most notably Jaden Daniels, I don't know if I have a more favorite player in college football this year other than Cody Schrader. He just does. He He's like Ryan Brewer on steroids. He had 205 yards rushing and added another 116 yards receiving, and somehow the kid only had one touchdown in the game. That's just wild, wild numbers. Uh, Joe Milton, 
22 of 34 for 267 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception for Tennessee. Tennessee was not able to get the ground game going, only um, had 83 83 yards on 23 carries, no touchdowns. Um, really just a day that Tennessee probably wants to forget. Um, but Missouri, 8-2 and two overall, 4-2 and two in the conference, um, just climbing higher and higher on that bull pecking order. So, uh, good on you, Missouri. I know that a lot of Gamecock fans are not the biggest fans of Missouri, but um, sometimes you just got to tip your hat to a team that's that's playing great football. Uh, my favorite game of the weekend, and one that's just bonkers to me, is um, what LSU did to Florida. Um, LSU won the game by 17 points by a score of 52-35. to 35. Uh, Dropped the Gators to 5-5 five and five overall. Uh, three and four in the conference, and it does not get easier for Florida. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Florida and South Carolina, you know, we talked about it on JB, JC, and Phil's show when I was on there Wednesday. Florida and South Carolina really are kind of mirror images of one another right now, and and you know, you'd almost give anything in the world for South Carolina to have been able to close that game out against Florida. That would have ensured a losing season for Florida, and um, just. Anytime Florida's down, it's good for the Gamecocks. So I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that. But, you know, the story of this game, in my mind, is just it's Jaden Daniels until it's not Jaden Daniels. If I had a Heisman Trophy vote, let's make that happen. I mean, I would give every vote to Jaden Daniels. Uh, he is he is something else. I've never, I mean, I'm sure I've seen something like this before. But, and I'm not saying that, that Florida is, you know, some great team, but Jaden Daniels put up 372 yards in the air and then rushed for 234 yards. This guy is everything. He is everything for LSU. Um, I hope he has the opportunity to play in the NFL for a very, very long time. I think that he is well, well worth any kind of draft pick that comes his way, come the NFL draft. And he's a guy that, you know, selfishly I want him on my fantasy football team next year. But um, he's a guy that I'll be pulling for because he just takes hit after hit after hit, gets back up every single time. And um, this is a Gamecock show, but you know I might make it a secondary Jaden Daniel show. I love the kid that much. Um, some interesting, interesting stuff here. Um, Auburn put it all over Arkansas. Auburn won the game forty-eight to ten. Auburn is now six and four and bowl eligible. Um, so good on you, Auburn Tigers. Arkansas fell to three and seven on the season, one and six in conference. Um, just a bad game for Arkansas. This is a, a season that Arkansas fans are going to want to flush from their memory as soon as possible. Um, Auburn pretty much did what they do on the ground. They racked up 354 yards rushing. Probably one of the better running teams I've seen in the SEC that so far this year. And and look, you know. Auburn might be down right now, but um, looks like they're on the way to come back. They take care of business against bad teams, and that's kind of what you want to see in a first year or first first year head coach at Auburn. Even though we know that um, Hugh Freeze has been there before, uh, one of the most interesting games of the weekend, and not something that you know I really anticipated the fallout from. However, um, Texas A and M defeated Mississippi State by a score of fifty one to ten. Fifty one to ten. And the next day, both head coaches at each school, or at least the next two days, were fired um, from their positions. So, I've been talking about it for a while. Obviously, um, Jimbo Fisher kind of been playing, you know, playing a hard game and trying to, you know, just make somebody 
call a bluff there, but they ended up paying him $75 million to go away, all guaranteed. Uh, and then Zach, um, Zach Arnett at Mississippi State was also relieved of his coaching duties. I'll be honest, I think that one's kind of a Bush League um, firing. Um, with the situation that happened with, um, uh, with Mike Leach and Zach Arnett taking over that program and then to get fired and after a 4-6 and six start to the season, um, switching offenses, changing so much inside that, that coach's building and, and everything that happened. I think that was kind of Bush League. They fired him, but they made the move, and I know a lot of Gamecock fans are hoping that Zach Arnett could potentially, you know, maybe this year um, be, or maybe next season, be the defensive coordinator at South Carolina. Um, just for the record, I don't know of anything behind the scenes that says Clayton White will not be at South Carolina next year, but I do know that Shane evaluates every single coaching performance at the end of the season and makes a decision on what he's going to do going forward. Um, so interesting name out there. He's definitely gonna be a name. That's a hot commodity. I, I, I can't say that. I think Jimbo Fisher will be a hot commodity. And, and frankly, the guy doesn't have to coach um, at this point, $75 million. And what's interesting is he has the best agent, the best contract lawyers of all time. Not only is that $75 million buyout fully guaranteed, I think he gets like half of it within like the next two months. But he doesn't have to give any money back if he accepts another college coaching job. So Jimbo Fisher's living the dream. I'm sure that he is somewhere in Cabo or you know somewhere on a beach just laughing his, laughing his ass off. So, um, But it's interesting to see. We know we got two open, open coaching jobs in the SEC. Don't know how fast they will be filled. Um, obviously, Sam Pittman at Arkansas could see a change there as well. I don't think Billy Napier is going to get the axe after this season, um, if, especially if, even if the, the Gators do not make a bowl game. But I think Billy Napier is on hot water in Florida, and next season does not get any easier for him. So I've heard some people say kind of behind the scenes that you know Billy Napier gets another year because their their schedule is so difficult next year that – you know, might as well just take their lumps um, with Billy Napier, drop that buyout down a little bit, and um, find a new coach after next season. But I'll just say, I mean, barring a miraculous turnaround, I don't think Billy Napier is long for Florida. So anytime there's transition in the conference, like there is in the SEC right now with Oklahoma and Texas coming in, um, going to be, you know, there might be multiple more coaching openings. Um, it's just interesting to watch the dynamics at play and, you know, for everyone that gets upset about Shane Beamer from time to time, and, you know, I think Shane's still 100% growing on the job, um, I do appreciate Shane Beamer and what he's doing in South Carolina and what he's building uh, from a culture standpoint. And, you know, the proof's in the pudding. This current recruiting class, while it might be 19th in the rankings, it's 14th overall when you consider um, average player rating, and that's with a um, that's with the punter in the in the signing class. So, Shane's doing work. I think Shane's going to continue to do a great job the rest of the season um, when it comes to recruiting. I think that you'll see um, a number of flips. I like the Gamecocks' chances with Cameron Fountain, and I think there's some other stuff going on behind the scenes. So, so stay tuned there. If you're not a member of the Big Spur, I'll say it again. Um, it's the best $10 a month you will spend. Um, I can only be with you two, two days a week. Um, you know, JB, JC, and Phil have a lot to cover when they have their, their daily show. Um, but John Whittle, Hale McGranahan, Alex Jones, um, Tony Morrell, everybody at the Big Spur is constantly bringing you news. So excited for that. Um, so make sure you join the Big Spur if you haven't. Now's the perfect time, uh, especially the Gamecocks get a little win over Kentucky. 
um, you'll want to be there for the, the hopeful victory over Clemson and then the bowl selection process and, and National Signing Day and, and Second National Signing Day and basketball's in full swing. Baseball is right around the corner. Women's basketball is dismantling everybody they play. Shout out to Dawn and the girls defeating Clemson 106-40 to um, last night. Um, just an unbelievable run that a lot of these programs are on right now and, and really excited to be a part of it. So, that takes us to the Kentucky-South Carolina game. Um, you know, we talked about it. That game is tomorrow night at 730 on SEC Network. The game is at Williams-Brice Stadium. Uh, currently, South Carolina is a one-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Uh, Over-under set at 54-and-a-half. So, it looks like they're saying a Gamecock maybe 25-28 point or 28-25, to 25, you know, final score. Um, one of the things that we like to do is we like to look at Kentucky. Let's look at Kentucky overall as we um, kind of preview this game. Kentucky is six and four overall, and they are three and four in the SEC. Uh, Kentucky did what Kentucky always does. Um, they started their season against Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, and Akron. Um, so that is half of their wins on the season right there. Um, they defeated Vanderbilt by a score of forty-five to twenty-eight. They then defeated Florida in the Ray Davis game, 33-14. And, and since then, um, outside of the Tennessee game um, and their losses, they really have not been competitive. Georgia defeated them 51-13. Missouri defeated Kentucky 38-21. Um, Tennessee was a ball game. Um, Tennessee ended up winning that game by a final score of 33-27. to Kentucky seemed to right the ship a little bit over Mississippi State, winning that game 24-3. But now knowing what we know just a week later after um, Kentucky got that win against Mississippi State, you know, we don't know what's going on in that Mississippi State locker room, but they did defeat the Bulldogs 24-3. to Last week we already talked about it. They lost to Alabama 49-21. to So the big question here is, you know, what is Kentucky? Who are they coming into Williams-Brice Stadium? I can tell you that the quarterback, Devin Leary, is completing 57.1% of his passes. Um, He does have 19 um, touchdowns and 8 interceptions. He's been sacked 16 times on the season. Um, Nothing about Devin Leary scares me. And I say this over and over again. Nothing that I say or you say or anything else matters um, come Saturday night. And the Gamecocks have made a lot of quarterbacks look like Heisman Trophy winners this year that, that really are not very good. Um, I'm going to be surprised if that happens for Devin Leary this weekend. Um, everything kind of starts with the Kentucky with Ray Davis. Uh, Ray Davis has 929 yards rushing this season, averaging 5.8 yards per carry, 11 touchdowns. He's added 24 catches for another 259 yards and five touchdowns. Um, priority number one for the Gamecocks Saturday night is keeping Ray Davis in check. Um, Kentucky does have, you know, two pretty good wide receivers, um, Dane Key, uh, Barry and Brown, and then also Travian Roberts, Tavion Robinson. Um, you know, those guys have somewhere in between 350 yards receiving and, and 475. So not somebody that they're not just absolutely monsters. So, I mean, and that, that kind of goes to the quarterback who's completing 57.1% of their passes. Um, defensively, Kentucky does have 23 sacks on the season. They have nine. They um, have nine interceptions on the season, and um, they have recovered five fumbles. So, 
in my mind, this game really just it it just falls on you know I think it's gonna be a fourth quarter game first and foremost. I think that these teams are are pretty similar. Um, I think South Carolina is probably more talented than Kentucky top to bottom. Uh, Kentucky brings their lunch pail to every game. Um, this is going to be a situation where Kentucky is trying to um, they're going to try and ground and pound the Gamecocks into submission. They're going to be they're going to get after it on third down. They're going to try and test the offensive line. They're going to try and stop the running game, and which has not been difficult for a lot of teams so far. Um, I think this is a game that's going to be on Spencer's shoulders, um, and and not like most other games this season. I, you know, the the Gamecocks favored by one and a half. Um, you know, you might get two or three points. Um, you know, playing at home on a spread, so maybe on a neutral field, this is more like a um, Kentucky might be favored by one. I, I don't think this is going to be a blowout in either direction for either team. I think the Gamecocks are going to have plenty of opportunities to expose Kentucky's secondary. I think that Spencer and Xavier Leggett and you know, Josh Simon, who's really come on. Amarion Brown had that one bad drop, but he did get in the end zone last week. Omega Blake's playing well. Um, I think the Gamecocks have enough in the tank to beat Kentucky. Um, if this game was in Kentucky, I would not be as confident as I am about the Gamecocks. This is a game that I just feel really good about for the Gamecocks. I think that, you know, Shane's mantra, November to remember. I, I like the fact that they got tested by Jacksonville State. I like the fact that they really took care of business against Vanderbilt. Uh, beat Vanderbilt by more points than anybody else has beat Vanderbilt by this season in a nasty, sloppy game that you really had to want it out there. And South Carolina's team wanted it more. I think that um, I don't know if the Gamecocks are going to do much in the trick play variety um, leading up to to the Clemson game. I think that they're going to do what they need to do to win the game. Uh, this is definitely a game with Darude coming, and the atmosphere in the stadium is going to be electric. Um, going to be great, great, great football weather. Um, at the end of the day, I think that um, Gamecocks have all the momentum in the world. Um, this is a game that I also think Shane should defer to the second half. Um, you know, last week I said differently. I said that, you know, South Carolina should should take the ball if they got it, you know, put the pressure on Vanderbilt in a nasty condition. Um, so, all in all here, I'm going to go Gamecocks 27, Kentucky 20. So, 27-20. I could see it being 27-24. I don't think that the Gamecocks are going to explode like they did against Tennessee last last year, but I can't rule it out. I think that if you're just playing the odds here, I think a Gamecock 27-20, to 27-24, 30-24 type game is what's in the cards this weekend. I have the Gamecocks winning the game. I have everything setting up for a monumental clash next Saturday night. Um, with Clemson coming to town against the Gamecocks, the Gamecocks fighting for bowl eligibility. Um, really excited for the game. I'm really pumped up. I can't wait to watch it. Can't wait. I won't be there this week. I'll actually be in Greenville. My wife has a um, a conference out of town that we have to attend. But I will be watching it with fellow Gamecocks up in Greenville, South Carolina, and can't wait for it. So I apologize, but I do not have um, last week's gambling um, numbers for you. Um, I know that I went five and zero though. Um, I know I went five and zero. Um, let's um, let's look at those scores from last week, and I can tell you pretty much what I did. Um, let's go to the top twenty-five. First five and zero week this this year. I was talking to some friends, and you know they they keep track of um, what I do each week on the gambling stuff because we're all in a in a group text. And just imagine if somebody had parlayed that. That would have been pretty awesome. 
I know I had Georgia Georgia covered against Ole Miss. I won that bet. Um, Michigan covered against Penn State. I won that bet. Southern Cal covered against Oregon. I won that bet. Um, Alabama. I don't know if I took that one. I know I took Missouri covering against. I think Missouri actually was laying points, but um, I took Missouri to, to win that game. They did. I had LSU winning. They did. And I think that was all of the games. Yep. Yeah, so the five for five last week. Um, somewhere in the range of up six or seven um, games on the season. So with that being said, let's get to the Matt's gambling takes here. Um, as always, we stick with the with the top 25 here. I'm um, just looking through. Let's see how many games. We actually got a decent number of, of games this week. Um, the big game here that I think I'm going to start with is Missouri minus 11 against Florida. Uh, Missouri's playing for way more than Florida is right now. Florida obviously needs to get bowl eligible. I think that they're going to be tight. I don't think there's any way that um, at Missouri, Florida shows up for this game. So give me Missouri minus 11. And let me write all this down. So we'll go Mizzou minus 11. I'm working through here. Washington, Oregon State. A sneaky good game with Oregon State favored by one. Um, that just smells bad, but I'm going to take Washington. I'm going to take Washington plus one. Might as well make it a money line. So we'll take, we'll take Washington to win the game. Um, Ooh, I'll take North Carolina plus seven and a half against Clemson. Yeah, we'll do that right now. North Carolina plus seven and a half at Clemson. So that's three of them. Georgia, Tennessee, Georgia's favored by 10. Um, Give me the the Georgia Bulldogs. I think that Tennessee's broken, and I don't think that Georgia's going to play around in that game. So I'll take Georgia minus 10. And off the cuff here, what else do we have? I will take, just because I don't like Maryland, I'll take Michigan, and I'll take Michigan minus the 19.5 points. So there you have it. Matt's gambling picks for the for the weekend. Missouri minus 11, Washington money line to win the game, North Carolina plus 7.5, Georgia minus 10, and Michigan minus 19.5. So I promise next week I'll have all the numbers updated for you. We'll see where we, we finish. Um, you know, we got, let's see, we have two more regular season weeks. So hopefully you'll we'll finish the regular season um, plus money. Then conference championship week will be a lot of fun, be a lot of games to pick there. And then, then it's bowl season. And we'll have a lot of fun in bowl season. So um, that's going to do it for tonight. Um, oh, actually, before I get out of here, let's look at the SEC schedule this week. Um, normally I do this earlier in the show, but let's go ahead and, and pull that up for everybody in case you are not you do not know what's happening. Um, and I was actually on next week. So everybody knows 730 Kentucky, South Carolina. South Carolina is favored by one and a half. Over under 54.5. You can find that game at 7.30 on the SEC Network. At 12 o'clock, Alabama is going to name their number against Chattanooga. Um, that game is actually on ESPN Plus um, slash SEC Network Plus. So I don't know if you'll be able to watch that one. Uh, Ole Miss faces off against UL Monroe, uh, Louisiana Monroe. Um, Ole Miss is favored by 37.5. The over under is 62.5. That game is on SEC Network at noon. At 12 o'clock on noon on ESPN Plus, you have Southern Miss at Mississippi State. Mississippi State is favored by 14 and a half. At 12 noon on ESPN Plus slash SEC Network Plus, you have Abilene Christian traveling to Aggieland to face Texas A&M. There is no line on that game. 
at 3.30 p.m. on CBS, you have number one, Georgia, versus number eight, number 18, Tennessee. Uh, Georgia is favored by 10 points, and the over-under on that game is 58.5 points. Uh, 4 o'clock, you have New Mexico State traveling to the Plains to face off against Auburn. Auburn is favored by 25.5 points. Over-under is at 48.5. 7.30 p.m. on ESPN, you have Florida facing off against number 9, Missouri. Missouri is favored by 11 with an over-under of 57.5. At 7.30 p.m. on ESPNU, you have Florida International traveling to Arkansas. Arkansas is favored by 29.5 points, and the over-under is 49.5. And then at 8 p.m. on ESPN2, Georgia State travels to Baton Rouge, Louisiana um, to face LSU. And that line is LSU minus 32, over-under set at 72.5. So, God bless you, Georgia State. I I hope that Jaden Daniels continues his Heisman Trophy campaign. Um, Real quick before we get off, I do want to say one thing. You know, looking at Auburn this year, they're going to go, they're going to win at least seven games. They're probably going to lose that Iron Bowl game against Alabama. But this is the benefit of not scheduling the North Carolinas of the world and, and just getting four cupcakes like like Auburn and, and Kentucky did to start this season because, or at least three in Kentucky's case. But, you know, Auburn's going to be seven and probably seven and five at the end of the season for a first, first year coach. A lot to build on. I think that South Carolina needs to take that model going forward. The SEC is already hard enough. But just something that caught my eye there with Auburn definitely going to get to to seven and at least seven and five this season. So with that being said, that's going to do it for today's show. Um, thank you for for bearing with me and and letting me get through that gala last night. Um, if you have, if you guys have any questions about Florence Darlington Tech, I am on the foundation board. So if you want to you know talk about enrolling some family friends, loved ones, if you're looking for some continuing education on your own, just give me a shout. Um, I'd be more than happy to help you out with that. As always, you can reach me at latenightgamecockshow at gmail.com or you can get in touch with me on the Big Spur message board or just come to the YouTube show at 9 o'clock on Monday and I'll be there to answer any questions you have. I'm always a lot of fun on the YouTube show. So I thank you guys so much for listening. You know, I say this every time, but you all give me the most valuable thing you have, which is your time, and I don't take it for granted. I'm very lucky to be able to have this show and have, have the support of all of you. So thank you again so much for that. Let's go Gamecocks. Let's get a win tomorrow night in Williams-Brice Stadium. Let's get this Kentucky Wildcat monkey off our back and, and go Cox.